Connect Transit announced three potential locations for its future downtown Bloomington Transportation Center. A Sullivan High School student saved a choking baby. More on these stories. I'm Sierra Henry. I'm Kelsey Watsonauer. And this is Lee Enterprises Long Story Short. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Long Story Short, where we recap Central Illinois news from Lee Enterprises journalists. It's been a long news-filled week, so sit back, relax, and let us tell you what happened. Uh, Before we get into our local coverage, we're going to break down some Restore Illinois news. This week, Region 2, which includes McLean County, shifted into Phase 4 of the state's reopening plan. Under this phase, restaurants can now seat parties of up to 10 people, and businesses like bowling alleys and skating rinks can fully open indoors. Macon and Coles County, part of Region 6, moved into Phase 4 last week. This is exciting news in Central Illinois, and reporters Lindsey Jones and Kelsey Wattsnauer were able to speak with several local businesses about the move. So if you want to read more about what our community has to say about these changes, head on over to Panagraph.com to read more. And on that note, I'm going to transition into some local government news. Yay! (laughs) Everyone's favorite topic. Decatur City officials are encouraging residents to practice voluntary water conservation measures despite the Lake Decatur watershed stabilizing. The lake was near its lowest point since the 2012 drought due to a lack of rain, and residents have been asked to voluntarily monitor and reduce their water use since mid-August. The lake is the primary water source for Decatur, Mount Zion, Archer Daniels, Midland Company, and Tate and Lyle. Herald and Review reporter Brendan Moore has taken a deep dive look at where the lake should be this time of year, climate, and surrounding area lakes. To read more about the issue, head on over to herald-review.com to check out the story where we have interviews with city officials, video, and photos of the lake. The Bloomington mayoral election is starting to heat up campaign-wise. If you were ever curious to know how much money candidates have raised, Panagraph reporter Tim Eggert has you covered. According to filings with the Illinois State Board of Elections, three candidates, Jackie Gunderson, Maboka Mwamble, and Mike Straza, have raised over $16,000 combined since November. Eggert reports that Straza emerged as the top fundraiser with high-dollar contributions from developers and entrepreneurs across the Bloomington Normal area. To read more about the report on the candidate's finances, check out Tim's article at Panagraph.com. Also in Bloomington, Connect Transit has announced three potential locations for the site of its future downtown Bloomington Transportation Center. The locations are the former Panagraph site at 301 West Washington Street, the Market Street parking deck at 202 West Market Street, and the C2 East building at 102 Southeast Street. Connect Transit board members will hold a meeting February 10th to discuss each option in depth, and a formal decision will be made during its February 23rd meeting. Chairman Ryan Whitehouse said Connect Transit hopes to break ground on the $18 million project this spring. To read more about each location, costs, and current ownership, or for more information about the project, read my report at panagraph.com. A hearing officer is recommending the Normal Liquor Commission to fine Joe's Station House and Pizza Pub $1,750 for violating local liquor code by continuing indoor dining despite statewide bans. The recommendation comes after a January liquor hearing in which the town states the pub violated state law by continuing indoor dining, thus violating local liquor code. Of course, this is when the state had a statewide ban on indoor dining. It wasn't just that they were continuing indoor dining. It was the executive order issued by um, Governor Pritzker. Um, Tom DeVore, a Greenville lawyer uh, representing pub owners Joe and Tony Wargo, said they plan to appeal to the State Liquor Commission if the Normal 
Liquor Commission agrees with the recommendation. The Liquor Commission will hear the recommendation Monday night. I have covered this story pretty extensively, so if you want to read up on the issue before Monday, uh, check out my reports at pantograph.com. All right, now we're going to get started with some education news, which is just as lengthy as the city government news. So, Kelsey, (laughs) tell me what happened in education this week. House Bill 2170 was passed by the Illinois General Assembly about two weeks ago now, and in this 218-page omnibus education bill, measures to address equity take center stage. Panograph reporter Lenore Sabota and I talked to McLean County area educators, parents, and community leaders about changes to graduation requirements, the most notable being the addition of two years of foreign language and one year of computer science. Another big takeaway from the bill is expanding the social studies curriculum to include more instruction on black history and the history of all Americans. This bill passed both chambers, but it's still waiting for the governor's signature to become law. Lenore and I worked on three stories on the House bill this week. Uh, One is already up and two will be posted this afternoon. You can find all three at panograph.com. McLean County Unit 5 announced this week elementary students will be going back to five days a week in person for the first time since last March. Superintendent Kristen Reichel said transitioning back to in-person full-time has always been the goal and now they're ready to start. Students who chose full-time remote learning will remain in remote, but those who went for the hybrid model at the start of the semester will go from three days in person to five days starting next week in groups based on their grade level. To see when your students return to five days will be, make sure to find my story at panograph.com. Meanwhile, a little farther south, Decatur Public Schools announced the district will not return to in-person learning until March 22nd. At Tuesday's school board meeting, the board president, Beth Nolan, read a statement of consensus from the board members stating they did not want schools to open before the end of spring break, which runs March 15th to 19th. Board members said they expect district administration to present a detailed plan for reopening safely at the next meeting on February 9th. Originally, Decatur schools were supposed to return for in-person on January 19th for the first time since last March, but the district's transportation service, all-town bus service, uh, informed the district there were not enough bus drivers to make that happen. Reporter Valerie Wells has full coverage of Tuesday's board meeting at herald-review.com, including the board decision regarding the names of three Decatur school buildings, so be sure to go check out those stories. So moving into some sports news, Sierra, what do you got? Well, we have some exciting news for high school sports this week. Boys and girls basketball can begin playing games immediately after seven days of practice for regions that are now in phase four of Restore Illinois. As we mentioned earlier, McLean, Coles, and Macon County are all in regions that have entered phase four. Additionally, the Illinois High School Association said football practice will begin March 3rd with the possibility for a six-game season starting March 19th and running through April 24th. There will be no state playoff games. To read the full story, check out Panograph reporter Jim Benson's coverage at Panograph.com. Speaking of basketball, Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame announced Illinois sophomore Kofi Coughburn is among the top 10 candidates for the 2021 Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Center of the Year Award. Cockburn, who is second in the NCAA in field goal shooting, is on pace to become the first Illini player since 1973 to average a double-double for the season, and he has the nation's longest active streak with six straight double-doubles. To read more about this prestigious award and about Cockburn's accomplishments, read Herald and Review's Matt Flatten's report at Herald-Review. 
Newly named Illini football coach Brett Bielma has completed his coaching staff, which consists of a mix of experienced veterans with Big Ten and in-state connections. To name a few, the staff includes Tony Peterson, who is now the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, Ryan Walters, who is defensive coordinator, Andy Buh, who is linebackers, Aaron Henry, defensive backs, and several others. To read more about these coaches and Bielma's plans for the season, head on over to heraldhyphenreview.com to read Matt Flatten's report. Okay, we've got uh, several things that happened in public safety this week and court. So, Kelsey, uh, what's going on in Decatur this week in public safety? Early Friday morning, Decatur police exchanged gunfire with a car thief suspect. Police said they pursued the Springfield man for allegedly stealing a vehicle. Later, the vehicle was located when officers received reports of a person trying to break into a Decatur home. Police said they found the man at the back of the house and he began firing when they tried to confront him. No one was struck by the gunfire, but be sure to go to heraldhyphenreview.com to get all the details in Garrett Karsten's story. In McLean County Court, Sidney Mays went to trial this week. This Bloomington man was accused of triple murder and the deaths of Nate Penna, Corey Jackson, and Juan Carlos Perez, and accused of the attempted murder of Pena's four-year-old son, who was paralyzed in the 2018 shooting on Riley Drive. <clears throat> Judge Casey Costigan was supposed to hear closing arguments Friday, but proceedings were delayed after one of the attorneys had a medical emergency. The bench trial is expected to wrap up early next week, but until then, head over to panagraph.com and check out Kate Heather's reporting. In Macon County, retired State Police Master Sergeant Jeffrey Denning pleaded guilty Thursday to a misdemeanor charge of reckless conduct causing bodily harm. Denning had been accused of causing the death of a Decatur woman when his squad car struck her vehicle while traveling 85 miles per hour. He made the plea as part of a plea deal in which prosecutors dismissed a charge of reckless homicide, which is a Class 3 felony. Reporter Tony Reed was in the courtroom this week and has all the details about the case at heraldhyphenreview.com. Macon County Coroner Michael Day identified 91-year-old James D. Peterson as the man who was found dead in his Decatur home when firefighters were called to an early morning fire Tuesday. The fire and death investigations are ongoing, and the coroner said Peterson's cause of death is still classified as pending. For more on this story, be sure to find Tony Reed's story at heraldhyphenreview.com. Now let's move into some much lighter community news, Sierra. What do we got? Well, the Mattoon Middle School Builders Club was put on hold for the COVID-19 pandemic, but its students are continuing to serve their community. The Journal-Gazette Time Courier Rob Stroud reports that the club, which is the middle school branch of the Mattoon Kiwanis Club, has been collecting and sorting plastic cups and lids to be turned into benches for the planned Mattoon Community Dog Park on South 12th Street. The club has been collecting plastic for five years now and has seen two benches produced from their efforts. For more on the Builders Club project, be sure to head on over to jg-tc.com to read Rob's story. That's really cute and I really commend the students' efforts on uh, building benches and recycling plastic. We know that we need more of it. Um, But I think there's some more uh, community news coming out of Sullivan. Why don't you tell me about it, Kelsey? Some really impressive news, actually, I might add. Yeah, I couldn't do what this kid did. Uh, Chase Eller, a sophomore at Sullivan High School, found out this week the stuff he learns in school might actually be useful in real life. Uh, For the record, sarcasm, school's very important. Listen to your teachers. So Chase was having dinner with a friend recently, 
um, at a Decatur restaurant when he heard a baby coughing nearby, and his instincts just kicked in thanks to a lesson from his health teacher, Scott Bales. Chase said the baby's parents were trying to dislodge the blockage by reaching into the infant's mouth, but he knew the right thing to do was to turn the baby downward at an angle. Chase said, quote, when the mom handed the baby to me, that kind of blew the windpipe open. To read his full story, be sure to pop over to herald-review.com and read Valerie Wells' report. Um, so yeah, that just goes to show you kids, listen to your teachers. Turns out they actually really, I promise, they know what they're talking about. Except for maybe imaginary numbers. Still no idea what those are for. Yeah, I learned about imaginary numbers and I have, I couldn't tell you. I, I mean, there's a reason why we're reporters and not mathematicians. But anyways, uh, kudos to Chase. I'm really impressed. It's, I mean, it's really difficult to keep your head cool in those kinds of situations. So, um, you know, it just, just kind of goes to show the kind of kid that he is and the kind of, I mean, attitude, respect, honor that he has, I guess. I mean, that's, I, it's awesome that he was able to save that baby. And um, yeah, we at the Panagraph, Herald High Review, and Mattoon Journal Gazette, Times Courier really commend him. So good job, Chase. Um, and with that, we're going to close out today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're enjoying this podcast and our reporting, check us out on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. While you're at it, head on over to Panagraph.com, Herald-Review.com, and JG-TC.com to look at subscription information and consider supporting hashtag local journalism.